0: about the business environment to talk about initiatives and projects especially where they're where they are all working together for the good of the community so enjoy these extended interviews on this podcast they're now set up as a standalone for you to savour and uh, to learn from some of the movers and shakers in the county enjoy well if you're a regular listener to the show you'll know of my interest in china And though this show is about Northampton and Northamptonshire, I don't want us to be too parochial that we don't think about the international element. And certainly, with Brexit uh, happened or happening, and the need for new markets, you know, China is undoubtedly going to become and is really a major player in the world economy. And um, one, I don't think that we should ignore. Now with me today is a very dear friend of mine from, Now, Tom, was it 1888 or 1988 when we sat down in a classroom in Barcelona to do our MBA for two years. Um, A great experience, a great city and that means we've known each other either 130 years or or 30 years or something like that. But welcome to the show and um, Tom's going to tell us a little bit about his company, S3. Strategic sourcing solutions and uh, how he's been working with China for I think fifteen, eighteen years, and what uh, he's learned in that time. So, Tom, welcome to the show. Yeah, was it eighteen eighty-eight or nineteen eighty-eight that we first met? Um, I, I prefer not to remember, but it's a long time ago.
1: <laughs> Thank you very <laughs> much for having me here, Adrian.
0: Thank you. It's a long time, and and Tom uh, is a Belgian who's settled into Barcelona, and he's doing a lot of business with. Uh, China and uh, increasingly hopefully with the UK as well. So truly an international guest for us today. So Tom, tell us a little bit about you know, your, your background and how you came to start S3 for the company.
1: Well, uh, basically, I mean, it's it's been a while indeed. Uh, we've been around since 2003. Um, and, and it basically started off as a, a, a potential venture From uh, that was sort of uh, thought of by uh, a couple of students from our same business school, actually, that uh, where we studied together. And uh, but at that time in two thousand three, the graduating students they came up with this idea. Two folks who contacted me, uh, they were missing a third person to do, uh, let's say, a local part because they had uh, a connection in a very good connection in China. So we looked into a business model of offering being a bridge between European companies and uh, and the Chinese markets the original focus was very much on the sourcing element uh, trying to help companies to source components uh, step assemblies final uh, finished goods and things like that in China but we also uh, gradually moved it into the opposite direction as well helping companies uh, from Europe to access the Chinese market for exports you know so uh, we looked into both both aspects at a certain point, yes.
0: Okay, and the business today is uh, exclusively Europe and China, or do you work with other countries as well?
1: We we do work also. We
0: have customers in Latin
1: America, for instance, and we uh, we've been involved in a couple of other projects in other continents as well. But it's it's mostly, I have to say, the, the, the bulk of it is definitely Europe, uh, China. Yes,
0: yes. So what you know, what is the team, uh, and why can you offer such a strong? Understanding and representation, if you will, relating to the Chinese market.
1: Well, I th- to be honest, I think it's it's fairly simple. Uh, from I mean, we're obviously, particularly when we looked into the business plan and all these sort of things in the very beginning, we immediately realised that um, uh, the, the the vast majority of companies who offer services in this field to connect companies between Europe and China. The vast majority actually is only present on one side of that, uh, let's say that bridge. No, uh, they're either in Europe or they're either in uh, in China or Hong Kong, for instance. Um, but just a uh, small minorities is positioned on both sides, and that creates a very strong connection because we try to sort of take away the major risks. Of these uh, business transactions, no? whether, whether we like it or not, and whether there's been—I mean, China's been developing rapidly for 40 years now. Uh, there is still a lot of risks involved in these businesses, these business transactions, and uh, when you have a partner that is indeed present on both sides of that uh, of that link, that offers uh, a lot of sort of trust, no? and, and I think that is probably the, the 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 main element here that we could offer. And that uh, not everybody else uh, can can supply to the market. No? Yes. So you you have boots on the ground in in China, yes? Absolutely, absolutely. We we have let's say an administrative site in Hong Kong, uh, uh, but let's say the operational part is
0: located uh, mostly in Shanghai. Yeah, with an own team, absolutely. And then you have also um, members of your team based in Spain who are experts in logistics and quality assurance no absolutely I absolutely right. absolutely
1: we we try to we try to make sure that we have specialized people in, in those areas in which particularly most companies struggle no? when they try to do business with china whether they like to buy something uh, source something in china or they'd like to uh, to access the market and export. Uh, i mean we we noticed that particularly uh, in the operational field and that includes logistics um, very often, well, stuff occurs no uh, people run into issues and and we get very frequently uh, uh, calls uh, from people who who seem to struggle. Actually, the vast majority of our customers are are um, are companies who do not simply sort of start right now but they've been dealing with China for many years. Uh, they, uh, A lot of them actually have a lot of experience, but it's the irregularity in that experience that really kills them. It's uh, it's really very uncomfortable to know that uh, maybe this week's shipments go well, goes well, but then they never know what's going to happen the next one. And uh, maybe the one afterwards is, is again good. And then well, it's sort of this upside down, the ups, up and downs. no? And that's... Mm-hmm. Um, that causes them uh, a lot of insecurity, and eventually they they uh, they talk to somebody who they consider is more an expert, and you can take away most of these risks.
0: Mm. Okay, and, and any particular sectors that you you work in, or uh, is the service you know open really to any sector? Well, I wouldn't say any sector because that uh, first thing I think that would be
1: uh, not very realistic. I mean, no company can be an expert in all industries. That would be that would be impossible. But I, I would say historically, we started off um, focused on on hardware and uh, building related products. But then of course, 2008 came along and, and particularly our focus was at that time very much on Spain as a European market, but now we've sort of also going into other markets. Uh, but in 2008, the, build, the building industry in Spain collapsed. Uh, has not really, uh, not yet even recovered right now, I would say, uh, up to the same level. Um, so we, we were forced to diversify and uh, we went into quite a couple of other industries. But we focus, um, I would say, mostly on industrial uh, applications. I mean, more B2B. We do uh, the odd uh, sort of B2C project as well, but it's uh, it's in more B2B, like components, uh, supplies, these sort of things. Uh, packaging as well, and then it can go very wide. It can be uh, metal-based. It can be plastics injection. Uh, it can be very varied. Yes, uh, we don't. We we consider personally that um, the the main aspect is not so much the product itself, which of course is important. I, I won't deny that, but the most important uh, feature here is the process. Controlling the process. Understanding well what does the customer in Europe want. Uh, what had they struggled with and then try to find an appropriate solution over there uh, supervising production for instance uh, and and uh, managing logistics as well whereby we take away most of these risks in that process no so uh, so it's the process is
0: more important than the product i, I always say yes mm. so really um, raw materials components bits and bobs or possibly even pulling several raw materials together for assembly in china so how Absolutely. do you how do you charge your customers then? Is this a fixed fee or is it a, a, a margin or what's the sort of basis on well, which you operate? In most cases, it's a bit of a mixed formula. Uh, there is obviously
1: um, in the beginning in most projects, uh, the, the initial steps are very uh, labor intensive. Uh, the team is very involved in trying to find an appropriate uh, supplier uh, in, uh, in China. And that is uh, one of the aspects where uh, I would like to highlight uh, the sort of the um, a bit of an awkward situation because uh, nowadays online, it's very easy to find suppliers. It's, it's, it's I mean, with uh, just... Uh, uh, with a, a laptop or a, or a phone, you go on some portals like Alibaba or whatever, and it's so easy. You have like hundreds or maybe even thousands of factories. No? But that is not actually the, the the easy way because you can contact them, but afterwards getting in touch with them and working on a project is much more difficult no? So that's where we also really come in. And uh, so that phase is quite intensive. Uh, and uh, therefore we charge uh, a, a fee. But that fee is then recovered afterwards uh, when a certain purchasing volume has been achieved. I mean, it goes a bit on a case-per-case basis, mm-hmm. uh, but there are some sort of uh, standard uh, way of working in there. And then afterwards, um, again, maybe a little bit contrary to what might sound uh, obvious, we, we found that um, uh, eventually most of our customers, pretty much all of them, They want to get rid of all these uncertainties in this whole process. So they prefer to continue dealing with us also in a later stage. Therefore, we set up our business model whereby we become actually their supplier. We become a middleman. And I know when you say middleman, that sounds expensive. That sounds like, oh, there's going to be a big margin here. No, if we're not competitive, there's not going to be any business and there's not at all any continuity. But uh, we found out that over the years, that the easiest way, what people mostly prefer, is that we we actually, based on the orders or operations that our customer wants us to uh, perform in China, we source from the factory that we found um and uh, we work through our hong kong operation whereby eventually we supply through hong kong to the european customer okay the, the one of the biggest advantages and it sounds a little bit uncommercial to say like that but if something goes wrong and i i would be fooling people if i would say nothing ever goes wrong um customers are particularly delighted to know that they do not have to fix it for themselves uh, directly going to China or trying to figure it out what's wrong with the factory, no? we'll also fix it. Okay, now I know that doesn't sound very commercial, of course, but but it's reality as well. People only deal with us in Europe. At no point do they have to uh, deal with anybody over there, uh, not and obviously not having to go there, and and that actually uh, is what they appreciate. So in in they have their contact person in Europe and uh, and that's the only person they have to deal with it makes it much easier and mm. uh, for them it's actually an obvious uh, as i said uh, the the vast majority of the the customers are are uh, companies with quite an extensive experience but irregular experience with chinese factories and so they're actually happy when they say i know it, it might be a, a tad more expensive than what i did before but the irregularity is gone you know i know that what i'm what I order, I'm going to get, and that's yeah. that's what they actually prefer.
0: No, I see a very clear value in um, you know taking the risk out. So you are um, listeners. Tom is giving us a special guest webinar uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, when um, the university has got a series to help businesses, local businesses, recover from COVID. And If you're interested, you can hear Tom. He's um, on from one till two o'clock tomorrow, Wednesday. The Oh, gosh. First of July. And um, if you're interested, please write to me, Adrian, dot Price P-R-Y-C-E, at Northampton.ac.uk. Adrian.Price at Northampton.ac.uk. And I will send you the registration details. Now, Tom, you're going to be sharing with us a lot of your um, experiences and insights uh, at that webinar. But um, just today, to give us a bit of a flavor or a teaser, you know, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned then? in the last 17 years working with a, a, a market such as China?
1: Well, definitely the, the idea is to, um, is to cover uh, both sides of, let's say, the, the, the main business perspective. And we'd like to, I'd like to address a couple of things related to sourcing uh, from China, which eventually is what most companies are interested in. But also I'd like to cover uh, some, <clears throat> some aspects related to exporting to china now and and i i mean i've already mentioned a couple of things about the sourcing so i probably want to focus a bit now on the export part um from from our experience um it, it may sound obvious what i'm going to say but uh, it's amazing how often companies think of china just like if they would like to go and sell in in the netherlands or in denmark or in germany it's an entirely different place okay and actually I would not recommend any company to start exports by going to this wonderful, massive thing, which is called China, because uh, it's much better to practice a little bit in other places first, okay? Because uh, it's far away, it's culturally very different. And on top of that, uh, since it's such a vast place, um, you would have to pick certain regional or or city markets even. I mean, a city like Shanghai is 25 million people. Um, uh, that's, of course, it uh, sounds very attractive and it's, and it's also, it has consumers that are very, uh, sort of open to Western products, but half the world has discovered that already. So in order to make a difference, either you spend a massive amount of money on creating your brand and all these sort of things and positioning and all this, uh, or you might actually want to go to another place. That's maybe only, only in inverted commas, 10 million people. But uh, it's also fairly interested in, in, uh, in Western products. And maybe a smaller budget will also make a bit of a difference there. Uh, I've seen too many companies trying to go to China with a reduced budgets and totally fail. I mean, making a, a small effort, a modest effort is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a total waste of time. So you either go with it, uh, I wouldn't call it the big cannons, but uh, you, you dedicate a serious budget to it or you're going to have a hard time. No? And otherwise, you can go to smaller places, smaller in a Chinese context, of course. Mm. No? And then you may have a little bit, you may make an impact with a smaller budget. Yes, that you can do. But, but obviously, everybody wants to go and sell in a place like Shanghai or Beijing because it sounds yeah. wonderful. No? But it's it's very hard
0: because they're so competitive, these places. It's a bit like, how do you eat an element? Well, one bit at a bite at a time. And um, I think just to add to what Tom is saying there there are 160 cities with a population of one million or more in China, and very often the cities in what they call second, third tier cities have populations of eight, ten, twelve million in counties or what they call provinces of 60, 70, 80, even 100 million. So really, you know, a very strong sort of regional approach seems to be the approach. Tom, China is you know in the news quite a lot um, for both soft power, sometimes hard power for its wanting to encourage globalization, um, you know, but also a certain, um, I don't know, uh, what's the word, authoritarian regime. What's your view on China? Is it uh, something we should take a closer interest in and and get to know and understand or, you know, any fears there looking forward? Well,
1: well, definitely, I mean, uh, I, I might not be the most objective voice here. But uh, quite honestly, uh, I mean, I'm also a bit in, in, into uh, freelance teaching at some places and all this, and I, I discuss these things, for instance, with with master students and all this. And you do you do notice that people are a little bit sort of intrigued what's going on? And 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 I always stress the point. I mean, yes, uh, try to go there. Try to go there. In the next five years. Try to go there, because this is a place that is absolutely changing how we're viewing the world i mean i i personally it sounds a bit funny maybe but i always enjoy talking to a person who's just come back from their first trip to china i mean i know you can not go right now of course due to the current situation but maybe next year or something like that because i mean their their joy is just still on the floor not just so impressed uh, and, and definitely not taking it into account would be a major mistake. It doesn't mean that literally every business has to do something with China. No, I think that would be a bit of an overstatement, but but you cannot simply ignore it. Uh, uh, it, it affects now pretty much every industry for the better or the worse. It creates opportunities, but it's also a threat in a number of industries. We can't deny that. So um, saying sort of, uh, oh, it's it's not my problem, that's probably the 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 worst choice I mean, I don't think uh, most businesses can can do that, so you really have to take it into account and and the first initial step, even if it's just a week you know even if it's just an organized trip, you don't have to go and see factories and things like that, but just a first contact already creates quite an impact and and then businesses probably quickly understand well I, I, I can't guarantee you will like the place. But you will definitely be impacted, and, and that's actually important because you have to take it into account, whether you like it or not. Well,
0: it certainly was my case. The first time I went there, I, you know, my jaw just dropped. <clears throat> I think you do, right. You do have to go there uh, to understand it. Now, Tom, um, you're talking about expanding your services into other countries, and here I should make some declaration. As Tom and I have known each other for those thirty years and have a shared interest in China, I am um, helping Tom establish S3 in the UK as a service. Um, but Tom, how do people get in touch with you? And, you know, what are your hopes and aspirations for the UK market?
1: Well, I, I, I think this, uh, there's an interesting opportunity, of course. I mean, the, 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 with Brexit, uh, but even without Brexit, I think, that, I mean, it's obvious for us as well that the UK economy is definitely one of the, 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 the biggest ones in, in Europe. And, uh, in this, uh, interesting opportunities we've, we've definitely over these 17 years, I think we've, we've made clear to the market that we offer a certain added value, uh, in, 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 in certain sort of types of, uh, business operations. Uh, and our hopes are quite high. I mean, we do have, we also revamped completely our website. Uh, that might also be a good way to start to so have a look at, uh, that, uh, so, um, uh, group s3.com so uh, that's also maybe a good way to uh, to get going
0: group 3com to find out more then write to info at group exactly.
1: 3com yes that's correct yes exactly that's correct
0: so coming to the uk if it can be of any help please do get in touch info at group s3.com but have a look at the range of services on um group s3.com the website www.groups3.com the website so just to sum up then tom obviously tomorrow your special guest lecture with a little bit more information and insight and a lot of marketing content i know because i um, know you do this um, this speech you've done it for my students as well a lot of marketing insights into the um into the chinese market but Any final thoughts, you know, the USP of your company? Take time, save risk, yes? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we have
1: boots on the ground, as we said in the beginning, on on both sides of the spectrum, which is, as we've seen, uh, quite a key feature uh, because it means that the people we have here uh, understand the worries of our customers and the people we have over there. They know how to find a solution for that, no, and that that really does make a difference compared to people who are maybe just on one, on one extreme, no, and who have a hard time understanding what is needed on the other side. No, so uh, yeah, definitely. So I, I hope to uh, to share a couple of particularly practical insights. Uh, I don't think people are waiting for a lot of uh, theory, but uh, probably show what does that mean having those boots on the ground and what sort of the experiences that we can share with. Uh, uh, with the, the viewers, now I hope that's interesting.
0: Excellent. Well, Tom, thank you ever so much for coming on the show, taking the time to come on the show ahead of um, tomorrow's guest lecture. And you, I'm sure, be hearing more about Tom and his company's services in the coming um, weeks and months as they're introduced into the UK. If you've got any interest in anything you've heard Tom talk about, if you'd like to know more about t- Tom's company, www.groups3.com, or or write into info at groups3. Dot com, And if you're interested in um, China in other ways, in any ways at all, and tomorrow's guest lecture, please contact me, adrian.price, with a Y, at northampton.ac.uk. Uh, China is a massive market. It is very exciting to go out there and see what's happening. I think the world is changing. We will learn a lot from China in the future. And um, China seems to be wanting, unlike perhaps <laughs> Trump and the Americans putting up walls, China seems to want to engage in international trade. So there are plenty of opportunities for our local businesses. And just to add, by the way, that I think I've referred to in the past, I do do a lot of work with Northamptonshire, the county, the town, uh, the university, and indeed the Southeast Midlands Local Enterprise Partnership in promoting Northamptonshire and the region in China, where we are establishing very close links with three or four of those um, second tier cities, big cities, big markets, in the hope that um, some kind of friendship city or um, sister city arrangement, twinning, city twinning will come out of it. And um, again, that's a very exciting part. We'll hear more from that and we'll have other guests. We'll be talking about that in coming weeks because the university is putting on a series of events about doing business in China. So uh, thank you very much indeed, Tom. I uh, look forward to hearing well, from thank you, you tomorrow. All the best. Okay. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. So until next time, thank you very much again for listening.